Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Glad you're with us here on the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Serholt with Scott Searles, financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management, bringing more than 20 years of experience to the table here on the show each and every time we join together. Uh, reminding you to check out your tax-free retirement toolkit, absolutely free, by going to skyboxasset.com. Learn about retirement, some of the key things that you need to know, all from a free toolkit you can get it again for free on skyboxasset.com. Scott, great to be with you once again on the show. How you been, sir? I'm doing well, Walter. How about yourself? Uh, doing all right and looking forward to taking a little bit of a break from all the coronavirus talk on today's show. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth today, our main topic of the day about some financial truths that are out there, some things that we can all rely on when it comes to financial planning and retirement so I just, it'll be nice to get a little bit of a respite, although I'm sure coronavirus talk will seep into the conversation a little bit here and there, Scott. We can't completely avoid it. Because so, some of these truths have Absolutely. kind of been proven plus, right, you know? Yeah, plus, you know, we probably got some good Netflix shows we've been watching, too. Well, that's true. You know, so one we just got recommended, have you seen Dark on Netflix? No, I've not. So that's when it's we're going to start dark? that one. Just Dark. Yeah, Dark. Um, we're going to start that one tonight. That is on our on our list of shows to watch. It got recommended to uh, to us from one of my wife's coworkers, so we're gonna check that one out. It looks kind of cool. Like uh, it looks to me like maybe a more serious version of Stranger Things, the show that was very, you know that's been very popular in the United States for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Just a more serious version. Yeah, of we've that. watched us. Yeah, so it might be one to check out. You've been making your way through Ozark recently, right? Yeah, yeah. We 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 started watching it. You know, a while back, we just watched like two, three episodes and got sidetracked, and then we got back into it. And the neat thing is, as of this recording, the new season three is going to be coming out at the end of the week. So we're we got like one or two episodes to go in season two, and then we'll be ready for the new one when it comes out. Oh, that's great timing! Good show. Yes, I can't wait for season three. Fantastic! That's wow! You just made my week. I'm excited now. I didn't realize it was coming. So <laughs> I'm ready for it. Well, we've got a, a good show. Now today. you may have to you may have to not watch your dark. You you'll go to Ozark. Yeah, we may have to the dark pull that. pull the plug on that. My wife wasn't a fan of Ozark, so she had trouble getting into it. She doesn't really like shows where the the main characters are bad people. <laughs> so she mm. she just can't root for a protagonist that's that should be the uh, what the an- antagonist, I guess, right? Yes, yes. So we, uh, if if that's the case, she usually can't get into the show. But I, I like it, and uh, it's it's a good show. So I'll watch that one on my own. That's fine. We we watch a show on HBO called Succession, and that was really good. But that is a show. It's it's about a, a publicly traded company that's family run, and all the drama that goes with that, and and the. But that's a show where actually I don't think I liked one character on the show. They were all bad people. And, you know, that that's not common. There's usually that one person you're rooting for. Yeah, in this show, I wasn't rooting for nothing, anybody, really. Nothing. <laughs> uh, I do have a movie recommendation for you. We saw Knives Out with, uh, what's the guy's name? Daniel okay. Craig, I think, is the, the main character. He's the, like, investigator. And it's, you'd probably like it. The it's, James Bond guy. Uh, yeah, the James Bond guy. It's about a, a rich family 
and the father, uh, like the, the patriarch of the family dies, and uh, but they're trying to mm-hmm. investigate whether it's a suicide or whether he was murdered by someone in the family. And so, uh, and Daniel mm-hmm. Craig is a private investigator that was hired. And so it's kind of like a game of Clue. Um, you know, it's, it's really kind of like a modern day Clue in a way. So they're just trying to figure it all out. But mm-hmm. Daniel Craig's character is kind of like a really quirky investigator, but super sharp. And so it just follows all of the families. You know, everyone, everyone's got a secret, of course, but it was really well told. I wasn't that into it when we started watching to it, but I, I would give it a, a solid thumbs up after after watching the whole thing. So if you're still in some sort of, uh, you know, coronavirus quarantine, you're looking for movie recommendations, check out Knives Out. It's pretty good. I will. Well, there you go. Good. I love it. We got our TV update here to start the show. Fantastic. Uh, well, let's <laughs> let's dive into the main topic, some financial truths. And then a little bit later, we've got a listener question from Penelope and uh, more to get to today as well. But financial truths that some of these certainly have been proven over the last couple of weeks and months with the coronavirus situation. But, you know, a lot of things, Scott, in the financial landscape have that it depends sort of resolution to them. And it can be really frustrating when things are so fluid and when they vary person to person. So I want to discuss some financial truths that we can stay with confidence and see what we can learn from them. In a time of such uncertainty, hopefully this will be comforting to have some truths we can rely on. And the first one, and we've seen plenty of examples of this over the last few months, Scott, uh, TV can be our biggest Mm -hmm. enemy. Why is that the case? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously I think as as we've gone through the, the coronavirus TV episodes here. I think that uh, it's been more more evident than ever before. Every time you're turning on the news, it's certainly been negative lately. Not a whole lot of real positive news coming out there, and you know that really has been uh, you know plays on your emotions a little bit. And but from a financial standpoint, I mean, really, when you look at watch any of the financial shows, and I I know. My wife, she's working out of the house through the whole coronavirus thing. She's watching, she watched CNBC and flip back from, you know, some of the other news channels. But, you know, those guys are talking to millions of people. And it's certainly not recommendations just solely for you. What they're trying to do is they're trying to get viewers to watch their show. And it certainly is educational, but it's not a good place to get advice because, you know, what Jim Cramer talks about selling this stock or buying this one, you know, that that very well may be the case and he may be right, but that doesn't mean that's right or correct for you and your particular situation. Well, that's a fantastic point. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things you've got to be so aware of the message that you're receiving. And we've done a couple of shows so far, you know, in the life of your podcast, Scott, where we've talked about the dangers of, you know, explicitly relying on media to give you the right answer or the right message for your particular Mm -hmm. situation. And if you follow that advice blindly, it can definitely lead you down a bad path, especially you know, we, we can get into a deeper conversation here, but the whole bar for being a journalist these days as a former journalist is pretty low. <laughs> I mean, you can and you can make a lot of mistakes <laughs> as a journalist these days and go unpunished for them. So then I think that just breeds more and more mistakes to be made. Um, you know, what used to be career ending mistakes are now daily mistakes for a lot of uh, organizations and journalists. And you have to remember, too, is that all journalists are, are going to, no matter how much they try to hide it or how much they 
they you know try to be right down the middle there's always a bias uh it's very hard it's human nature that you know the way that you're raised and the way that you think always ends up leaking into that journalism on tv or in print yeah absolutely and tv especially can be tough because in most things that you see on tv they're so constrained by time. Things have to be said in such short snippets. You can rarely get the full context of what somebody's trying to teach you. So just always keep that in mind. You're never getting really the full story on television. So you've just got to be really, really careful. And that's, it really is unfortunate, mm -hmm. but a solid financial truth. We don't have to bash the media too much more. I think we, uh, you know, it's still an, I still am a big believer that media obviously is a very important role. I mean, we're part of the media by doing this show, essentially, Scott. But uh, but we have to yeah. understand the biases and the problems that are inherent in it as well, especially from a financial standpoint. Um, something else that we've learned very clearly mm -hmm. over the last couple of months, emotions. Rarely our friend, Scott, when we're making financial decisions. Yeah, I know. I've mentioned on the podcast before that you know when I teach college classes or I talk to people, there's a chart that shows the emotional roller coaster of investing. And I've used this for, geez, I don't know, 20 years or so. But it talks about how we have a tendency, our emotions will have us buy stuff when they're high and sell stuff when they're low, which obviously we've all heard the saying, you know, buy low, sell high. You know, that's logically what you want to be doing. But when our emotions get in there, we start panicking, we start getting scared, and we make irrational decisions. So really when you work with a financial professional, they're going to help you talk through that and help you sometimes from making mistakes that your, your emotions are going to drive. There's also been study after study showing that the average investor investing on his own usually underperforms, you know, the majority of the time underperforms the markets. And they do because emotions get in their way. You know, after the coronavirus, you know, outbreak we have you know the big stock market correction and i'm sure there were a lot of people that were panicking we saw panic selling just across the board and just getting in the cash the problem is that when you do that you have no opportunity to make your money back up so kind of getting those emotions set aside which is very hard to do when you're investing your own money uh is definitely going to be something that that is going to help you you know, make smarter investment decisions and you know, your friends play a big piece family and friends play a big piece in that too because they come up and say hey you know what oh i got you know i lost this or look at how much i made on this and and you know they get excited or disappointed about something and that bleeds over into you and you're thinking well maybe well if he's getting out of the market maybe i should get out of the market so you just have to you know, rely on math. Math never lies. And work with a professional to make some good, sound decisions. That's a great point, Scott. We're talking about these solid financial truths, of course, that we can rely on and pretty much take to the bank. And emotions rarely going to be our friend when making those decisions, especially if we let them rule the process. Uh, something else that we're now actually, you know, we worry about this next financial truth, Scott, when we were where we were a couple of months ago. And then we root for it when we're in a position of where we've been lately. The market always moves in cycles. You can go all the way back to the beginning of the markets, and you'll see that this is definitely the case. Yeah, it, and it's the old saying is that the market can't go up forever. And that's certainly true. It's kind of like Newton's law of investing. 
you know, for years now, you know, I've when I've talked to people, I, I would warn them and say, you know, these markets, they've continued to go. The economy's growing really strong. Our markets are continuing to go up. But eventually we will have a correction. I don't know how and when and why. So that's why we structure a portfolio that is kind of designed so that if, in, if it does happen, that, that you're not hurt quite as bad based on your risk tolerance. But, you know, everything does move in cycles. We just saw it with the, with the coronavirus and the market corrected. Well, the market will come up and it will, it will grow back up and our economy will continue to prosper. Then there'll be something else that'll happen later on. So you just need to be prepared for these types of things by having a, a good, solid, well-designed portfolio. And you'll be able to weather these types of storms. But you have to realize that you know, the market does go up. It does go down every day. And during the whole coronavirus thing, I mean, we're talking 5% swings every day. I mean, there was a lot of volatility, but, you know, the market you know, will come back and everything moves through cycles. That's very true. Cycles uh, abundant throughout market history. That is for sure. And it'll continue to happen. Don't think that it'll ever stop being that way. Uh, another financial truth. A lot of people found this out recently as well. Scott, you probably aren't as risk tolerant as you think you are. I bet people actually now are a little bit more in line with how truly tolerant they are to risk now that we've gone through a recent crash. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One thing we do with, with our clients is we walk them through some different risk software that kind of assigns a risk number to what they're, how tolerant they are of risk. And you would be surprised how many times I'll take, you know, they have an account, you know, at another financial institution and we plug their account in and they realize that they are taking a lot more risk than what they're comfortable with. So a lot of the times we readjust those portfolios to get in line with what their risk tolerance is. And then what we do is we then plug that portfolio into their financial plan and say, okay, if we invest at this risk level, you know, how is that going to affect your retirement? Are you going to be retire you know, when you want with how much money that you want. If not, then we have to have that conversation that we need to adjust that risk level. But when something like this, when a market correction happens, certainly then people realize, hey, I didn't think I was that. I thought I can handle this, but boy, you know what? That, that drop really made me sick to my stomach. And, you know, a lot of times people are going to reevaluate their risk level, uh, just the portfolios. But then at the same time, you know, they, they've taken a lot of their lumps already. They've already ridden through that market correction. So sometimes having a conversation saying, okay, this is what your risk tolerance and it plays back into that emotions is that sometimes the emotions affect what someone's risk tolerance is because they're scared that, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose all my money. Well, that's certainly not going to be the case, but you know, so the emotions and the risk tolerance go hand in hand. So you have to be logical and make sure that whatever risk level you're investing at is going to help you get to where your goals are and then understand what type of volatility or potential drops you could have. Because, you know, you heard the old, the old saying, there's no, no reward without risk. So depending on the amount of risk you take in the financial markets, you will get more reward. So we always need to have that balance and make sure that you're comfortable with it and you're going to be able to get to your financial goals at that risk level. 
Last but not least, Scott, one other takeaway here on the solid financial truths, the things that we can state with confidence and learn from them. There is no magic bullet when it comes to retirement planning. No, there truly is not. And everybody's situation is different. You know, you see there's these you know, and salesmen that go out there and you go to these workshops and they're selling you annuities or whatever it is saying that, you know, it's the end all be all, but you know, it may be for some people, but the fact is that no strategy and no financial plans should simply rely on one thing. And people get enamored with these products too. And, and, you know, gold is another thing. I mean, I don't know how many ads I've seen or emails I've gotten about buying gold once the market started getting volatile and going down with the coronavirus outbreak, people are, are, are trying to play in that saying, hey, you know what? There's only one safe haven, put your money in gold. You can do it in your IRA. You can do this. But I don't know. I would hope most people listen to this podcast would agree with me. A good financial plan is probably not putting all your money in gold. So certainly that is not a magic bullet either. But you need to have a plan. You need to get a mixture of products that fit into that plan. So it's not just it. Everything always focuses back on having a plan and having a good solid strategy. Then you find those products that will fit into that plan and help you accomplish your goals. And that that's what a good fiduciary will help you do. A financial advisor that's not driven to sell something in particular has your best interest at heart is not looking to try to make a commission on anything. Well, if you need any financial help as we navigate through these times and uh, recover from the coronavirus pandemic and, you know, move on into the future, whatever that's going to end up looking like, better to have a plan in place than not. And hopefully this has been a wake up call for a lot of people over the last couple of months. So if you want to get in touch with Scott Searles, it's very easy to do so. All you have to do to talk about your financial plan, that's all it is, is a talk, a conversation about where you stand, some of the gaps maybe in your portfolio and in your plan that can be uh, improved and, and filled properly uh, with proper planning techniques. 888-742-0111 is the number to call to get in touch. 888-742-0111. And you can also go to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. And you can schedule a time to meet with Scott there from the website and have a remote conversation if you're most comfortable with that about what's going on in your financial life and where to take it from here. You can check the show notes or the description of today's show on whatever app you're using to find that contact information as well that I just mentioned to you. So just check that if you need any more guidance. Well, there you have it. Some of the important financial truths to know about in the financial world. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott Searles a little bit better on today's show. And my getting to know you question this time around, Scott, I'm envisioning a situation where we tell you, hey, all jobs have the same pay and the same hours. Okay. I guess maybe I'm describing socialism, but uh, <laughs> what job would you want to have <laughs> if uh, it didn't matter, you know, pay and hours and all that kind of stuff? Uh, would you still be a financial advisor or would you, uh, you know, what's a passion of yours that you might, you know, turn into your full-time job if you could? Well, I, I love being a financial advisor. Uh, but if I were to have one thing that uh, one job would be, I would like to be a video producer. Hmm. <laughs> one of my hobbies is that 
I love taking videos and, and editing them and putting graphics and special effects into them. And I, I've done this for years with our home movies. I've shot with the kids, with the lacrosse team. I've made like, you know, our banquet videos with all these graphics and, and cut and paste stuff in there. And I, I really enjoy doing that. It's kind of like my, my little escape is just to mess around with that. So if I were to have a job, I think doing that full time and like, producing tv shows and movies and and all that stuff and, and editing it and adding graphics in i think that'd be a blast that's cool yeah uh that's not a bad choice at all actually i would say there's probably three things at least off the top of my head that i would say similar to you i think it'd be really cool to do sound on movie sets you know being an audio mm-hmm. guy with uh podcasts and radio in my background i think it'd be really neat to do the more you know i i turn out so much content I'd love to flip that around and be, you know, do that stuff where you're spending, you know, 10 hours for three seconds of sound to make it perfect. You know, like how they create the sound for the lightsabers <laughs> in the movie and how creative and how they perfect everything so much. And, you know, I, I think that's really cool because we often sacrifice, I don't want to say we sacrifice quality, but, you know, when we're hosting kind of these podcasts, as an example, we're just we're getting information out there, right? So we're not going to sit there and perfect every little word and sentence and, and slide in pieces of music here and there and just, you know, spend 20 hours on this thing because we're doing them all the time. But I think it'd be really neat in a movie situation to kind of do that. Also, a totally different direction. I think being like uh, working in landscaping in some way, shape or form would be really cool. Be outside, work with your hands. Probably would, you know, change my answer if it's like 99 degrees outside. But I think that would just be really nice to and very refreshing as someone who sits in front of a computer all day to get out and use your hands and get out and about and that sort of thing. Um, so I would say those two. Yeah, I, those two answers. Yeah, I, I landscaped all the way through high school and college and it was great being outside. No doubt about it. I was much younger then and it was much easier for me to do now that I'm a little older and, and less uh, mobile, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yes. I could start to have problems with that, I guess, mowing grass all day long and carrying big bags well, you, you of got the riding, sand and, the riding, and stuff, The riding but, mower, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, it still it, it starts beating on you after a while. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, – and, and, you know, you'll figure you would you, – you're talking about, uh, you know, the podcast and, and all this stuff. we got to start adding some sound effects in here, like some boing noises. Let's do it, and, yeah. Stuff like that. that. That'd be fun, don't you think? We'll get some boings ready. In fact, here, I, I'll, I'll tell the editors <laughs> to go ahead and, and put a boing here, you know, some sort of sound effect, you know. So there you go. You, all right. We need to have Let's them live, though, not, not inserted after the fact, though, so that you can – you can hear them, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, I think the radio guys have like buttons that, that they just, they do. They do. Back when I worked at the, text. yeah, at the radio, it said like we had a soundboard and we would have, you know, especially when I was doing sports shows, we'd have like little clips, audio clips and things like that pulled up that you could fire, you know, on command and that sort of thing. So there's some apps out there. I just need to get the app and figure out what sounds we want on it and pull it up. So there you go. All right. Or that we could put, that could be, you know, part of your, uh, It'll be yeah, like Jim Cramer, you know, it'll be like Jim Cramer where he has the bull and the bear sounds and graphics that he presses when he's doing yes. his uh, Mad Money stuff. You know, we could have our own our own. Let's like do that. it. I'm on board. All right. Perfect. Perfect. We'll get it set up. Well, there you go. Uh, what would uh, Scott do if money and uh, time weren't that much of an object? He'd be in, uh, in the video producing world. Pretty cool job for sure. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. 
From that, we turn the page to our question of the week. And uh, here on the mailbag, our question comes to us from Penelope. Penelope says, we're both 63 years old and we haven't saved very much for retirement, Scott. In fact, we haven't really saved anything at all. But we're about to sell our farm to a young family and the sale will net just under a million dollars. We'll need to buy a house to move into. But other than that, what should we do with the money? Well, you know what? It's uh, you know, a lot of people have situations like this where they've got an appreciated asset that they eventually sell, and they never really saved much for retirement because they kind of knew in the back of the mind they had this and this is what they were going to do. So I'm I'm happy that it worked out for you uh, because a lot of people it doesn't. That that may not necessarily be the best plan. But now that it's happened and you're you're about ready to sell the house, obviously, like you said, you have to find somewhere to live. But the one thing you, you need to realize is assuming you don't have, like you said, you know, a whole lot of other money to pull on to help supplement your retirement. Maybe uh, you know, both you and, and your husband are getting Social Security here soon. You're only 63 years old. So you got maybe three, four more years before Social Security will kick in. But the you need to use the rest of that money to help supplement your income. If you're not going to get a part-time job or something like that, you know, working at Lowe's or Home Depot or, or wherever, you're going to need to use that excess funds in order to help supplement your income. So what you want to do is you want to get a portfolio design that that's going to help to generate some income for you. And it, it should be a portfolio that is designed to be to be less volatile. We want more consistent returns, something that you can use to help supplement your income. Because don't forget, you guys are, are you know 63 years old, assuming you're you're not going to go back to work, uh, assuming you're again we're working the farm, but your retirement very well could last 20, 25 years. And the cost of bread and milk and gas and everything is going to be going up in the next 20, 25 years. Just think about, you know, what a car costs or, or what house prices were 25 years ago. So things were less expensive. So you're going to have to grow your assets enough in order to generate more income to keep up with that cost of inflation. So, you know, Penelope, I'd recommend with you that you try to find a fiduciary a financial advisor, a planner that's going to help you develop a strategy to invest that money properly because you only get one shot at this. You want to make sure that you've got everything set up properly so that you can have that income and that excess money can last you for the rest of your life to get the income you need. So important to make sure that we're making good decisions with our money, especially when you get to your stage in life, Penelope, right on the precipice of retirement there. Great opportunity with that farm. Uh, just make sure you make good decisions here because you don't really have a second chance at this. This is your retirement, so got to be smart about how you handle mm -hmm. this whole uh, this whole situation. Uh, good advice and guidance there. Well, great show today, Scott. Appreciate all of the help and the guidance. If anybody does have any more questions, uh, whether you want to meet for a complimentary financial review of your situation, or if you just got a question for Scott or a suggested future podcast topic, anything on your mind, if you need any sort of financial guidance or feedback, happy to do that for you. Reach out to us by calling 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Or schedule a free consultation by going to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. Schedule a time to meet there on the website. 
Well, Scott, thank you so much for all the help, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much, Walter. I enjoy it every time. Be well. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Toolbox. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.